there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Follow the money. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Follow the Money live from Circa Resort and Casino. Know your eyes and ears do not deceive you. We are not Mitch Moss and Polly Howard, Stormy Bonantoni, and the Super Bowl champ Sean King on the desk. And I mean, who better to go over a Super Bowl with than somebody that was on the field for one once upon a time? So uh, how's it going? I'm excited. I'm fired up. I do wish I was Polly Howard, though. Shout out I know. to the normal host of Follow the Money, the Mike Palm Invitational fifth place winner. Chose the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes delivered. Nice little pickup as he goes on vacation for Follow the Money's Paulie Howard. Good hit, big dog. Good hit. Yes, and well-deserved vacation for them after a long football season. And while it wasn't 38000 in the account for us, we did end up having a a little money in our bankroll, too, back in the Chiefs. I know you were were pretty giddy. I I listened to VEASAN primetime a little bit yesterday that, that you normally host alongside Tim Murray, and you were you had the giggles. You were all happy. So I tried telling everybody. So many people came on the show talking Eagles, but you were Chiefs diehard. That's right. I bought the Chiefs right after the AFC Championship game. I just thought that the Eagles' lack of elite competition, especially when it came to the opposing quarterback, was going to really manifest itself in this game. When you look at the Eagles' schedule, Aaron Rodgers probably the only top 10 quarterback they played. Packers scored 33 Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott threw for 300-plus yards. Other than that, I mean, the Eagles really had a pedestrian you know, quarterback list. Daniel Jones, he's, nobody thinks he's top half of the league. Brock Purdy was playing well but got hurt really early in that game. 
So this Varnett Chiefs defense, this amazing defensive front, four guys with double-digit sacks, came up against a legit top-caliber NFL offense with arguably the best quarterback in football right now, Patrick Mahomes, and they put up 38. Yeah, uh, it, you don't expect to lose a football game when you put up 35 points, especially when you have one of the best defenses in the NFL, but that's exactly what happened to Philadelphia. And 78 sacks between the regular season and postseason, and they didn't even sniff Patrick Mahomes in this game. The The Chiefs O-line did their job. I didn't even hear Hassan Reddick's name once throughout the course of this game. But now, as you look at this Chiefs team moving forward, I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, two Super Bowl wins in the last four years, and and Andy Reid said he's not going anywhere right now, and I feel like he's probably not going to as long as he's got that quarterback doing work for him. You know, Stormy, here's what's interesting. Here's what Andy and Patrick have built. They've built a destination spot, and that's really important, and here's what I mean by that. That superstar that's still on the back end of his prime, not old and over the hill, but he's already gotten his money, He's gotten his individual accolades, Pro Bowls, those type of things. Does not have a ring. Kansas City now is a destination Mm -hmm. spot for those type of players. And that's a good place to be because those players will come in, take less, because financially they've already got the big bag in the hopes of winning a championship. So I think this run that Kansas City's on, it has sustainability. The only speed bumps are the level of quarterbacks in the American Football Conference. You still have to find a way to get by Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Now Justin Herbert has Kellen Moore. We're assuming Lamar Jackson's going to still be in Baltimore. I mean, potentially uh, Aaron Rodgers with the Raiders, uh, revitalized Russell Wilson with Sean Payton. So that's the only speed bump is the quarterbacks in the AFC are elite. Trevor Lawrence take the next step next year with Doug Peterson. So they're going to have to earn it. But I do think that people and players are going to flock to Kansas City to be a part of what Andy and Patrick have going. Yeah, and Patrick did take a relatively team-friendly type of a contract so that he could continue to have good weapons there. The the legend grows for him, first player in NFL history, to have multiple league MVPs and multiple rings in his first six seasons. And when you look at, uh, like I said, the first in the NFL, but when you look at major professional sports in general, NHL, Major League Baseball, NBA, he's joined in names like Gretzky and Bobby Orr, uh, DiMaggio, Roger Maris, Bill Russell. Like this is a very rarefied air type of a list that he is a part of. And you just have this feeling. I know it's hard to talk about like a legacy of a player when he's still so young in his career, he's 27 years old, but it really is incredible where he is started and the future potential for Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Now you look at the Eagles side of things, a team that largely exceeded expectations throughout the course of the season. You did talk about their strength of schedule being, uh, you know, lackluster compared to Kansas City for sure. Um, But they had... I mean, it's still the NFL at the end of the day. A lot of dominating wins throughout the course of the season exceeded expectations largely. But now they're going to have to face potentially a lot of turnover. They could lose both their offensive and defensive coordinator this offseason cycle. Um, The list of free agents they have is crazy, all while having to pay Jalen Hurts now, and he's earned it. He has, and uh, I don't think he's going to take a discount because he was a second-round pick, so he's not even coming off a first-round money. So this is his opportunity to capitalize because of the style of game. He has injuries, always a concern. You see late in the year, took a hit on the shoulder, probably cost him NFL MVP because at the time, at least in Vegas, he was the odds-on favorite Mm -hmm. to win that award. 
But I'll say this. Here's the silver lining for Philly. When you look at this free agent list, it has some very familiar names, but I don't think it has any name that's not replaceable. And here's what I mean. In the first 62 picks in this upcoming draft, the Eagles have three selections. They pick number 10. That's a New Orleans Saints selection, but that's the pick they got. Uh, that's the pick they get from the Saints, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they pick number 29 and 62, and I could be wrong about 10. Absolutely. I think I think they gave – no, I think they get the 10th pick, if I'm not mistaken, Stormy. Let me double-check that. But I think they have picks 10, 29, and 62. And so you're going to get an opportunity to get three or potentially two very team-friendly contracts with what you hope are elite players. And when you look at historically how Howie uh, has evaluated come to draft day, he's done very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, GM of the year type guy for yeah. a reason. Put together um, a heck of a roster. Yes, for those of you who who aren't um, like watching us on the TV right now, some of the names on that Eagles free agent list, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Hargrave, James Bradbury, Kazir White, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, TJ Edwards, Marcus Epps Center, Jason Kelsey may retire if he doesn't. He's an unrestricted free agent. Miles Sanders, while I know he didn't have an impact in the Super Bowl, had a career season, a great year. Um, he's an unrestricted free agent. So you just start going through the list. They really do have a lot of things they need to replenish with Jalen Hurts getting what he's due, and it's not an easy task. It is a good problem to have, though, especially considering like this is an Eagles team that has tried to have their guy. They thought they had it in Carson Wentz, and he wasn't. And now at least... With all like with all the talent that was on this Eagles team this year, the one question coming into the season was, okay, Jalen Hurts, there's no excuses now. Are you going to be able to perform and elevate your game or not? And he answered all of those questions and then some finished two in the MVP voting for a reason as well. So, uh, you know, so many teams can't get out of that vortex when they don't have a quarterback. And it feels like the Eagles have gotten out of that and they've got their guy. Absolutely. And uh, hats off to Jalen Hurts. I mean, you look at what he was able to, able to do during the regular season, and we still had question marks coming into the Super Bowl because statistically he hadn't been great, hadn't had to be great in the Giants game or in the Niners game just because of the way the game flow went. But, man, he went toe-to-toe with the best in the business in Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. If the Eagles found a way to win this game, Jalen Hurts was going to be Super Bowl MVP because he played an MVP caliber of game. So, truly excited about the success that he was able to have. But I'm not taking a discount because here's what happens, Stormy. You've gotten your discount these first three years. That yeah. was your discount. That was the Eagles' chance without having the quarterback position take up a large percentage of the salary cap to get a championship. I got us there. I played my butt off. It didn't happen, but now it's time to pay me. Okay, so the the Chiefs are the favorite to win next year's Super Bowl already. Eagles, not too far down the list. What did surprise me as you look at next year's Super Bowl odds, though, San Francisco's such a short number. Saw them 8-1, to one, mm-hmm. and... This is a team, though, that while the Eagles do have their man, they have no idea who's going to be their starting quarterback coming out of camp. And it's year after year that they're having this issue. I I hate for Brock Purdy that he had to go down the way that he did in the NFC Championship game, but he has played more games in the National Football League than Trey Lance has. Trey Lance has played like four games in the last four years. Yeah, and unfortunately for San Francisco, I think they're going to be in the same position they were in last year's Stormy when they got off the plane in Chicago because Brock Purdy's out for six months. So what that means is not only is he 
not able to participate, but now Trey Lance gets all the reps, which is what he needs. But whatever their opener is next year, it's going to be Trey Lance starting at quarterback. He's still a guy that doesn't have reps. Mm-hmm. The, the problem with Trey from the very beginning, didn't play a lot of football in North Dakota State, didn't play a lot of football his rookie year in San Francisco, didn't play a lot of football his second year in San Francisco. Now we're going into year three, and this is still a team that feels like their roster is – elite enough to compete and win a championship. So he's still in the same spot, inexperienced but talented quarterback that really doesn't get to develop because he's on a team that has championship aspirations. There are a number of quarterback situations that we're going to discuss over the course of the next couple of hours. Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson, to name a few. We've also got a great guest list. Get into some college hoops here in about an hour. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports senior college basketball writer, is going to join us. We'll have JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, who will get us into the NBA. Dan Rosen, NHL.com, senior writer, coming up at 9 Eastern. And Gary Grambling, Sports Illustrated, the MMQB at 9.30 Eastern. Um, Get into some more of those NFL conversations. Remember, everybody, with the football season coming to an end, though, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, the place to be for hoops and hockey. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. You can join them every week for new promotions. They've got the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance. That's tonight, by the way. Saturday Hockey Game, uh, same game, Parlay Bet and Get, Weekly Pro Basketball Bet and Get, and a whole lot more. You can check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. So, still so much more that we're going to get to over the course of the next little bit. We've got win some, lose some coming up on the other side. A certain Major League Baseball player took his <laughs> shoe off at an airport, but not for the gross way that Mitch and Polly talk about. So, get ready for that coming up. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. 
The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN. Back here on Follow the Money, if you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSEN experts have you covered. You can become a VSEN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VSEN Pro subscribers get access to the daily recap of top plays made from VSEN show hosts and guests, tools like betting splits, deep dive betting reports, betting guides, and more. Don't miss out. This is a limited time offer. VSEN.com slash subscribe. Again, just $9.99. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Crazy think, Sean King. We are just weeks away from March and the madness that comes with that. College Hoops Conference Championships are right around the corner. The big dance will be here before we know it to help us break down all of the action in College Hoops. We welcome in Jerry Palm, CBS Sports Senior College Basketball Writer at JP Palm CBS. You can check out his latest bracket at cbssports.com. Welcome in, Jerry. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Great. Thank you so much. And uh, it feels we have a new number one again. <laughs> so uh, I feel like we're yeah. saying this all the time with the top-ranked teams in the country getting upset. But Purdue's dropped two of their last three games, including the loss to Northwestern over the weekend. Alabama in the top spot for the first time in two decades. For people who have been watching college basketball a little bit more casually and are now turning the page as we get closer to this tournament-type time, what do people need to know? What have they missed in the early portion of the season? Oh, gosh, so much. So much. Um, You know, it's funny. We're talking about Purdue and Alabama. Those were not teams we were talking about in the preseason. (laughs) Uh, Purdue was unranked. I don't remember where Alabama was, but they were getting Brandon Miller, so probably a little bit more thought of Alabama. Uh, but uh, nobody had either of these teams being number one at any point in this season, maybe not even number one in their leagues, although uh, certainly people would have put Alabama in that conversation for the SEC. Uh, Purdue's ridden uh, seven foot four Zach Eady uh, to the top of the rankings this year, and uh, he's really a unique guy in college basketball. Um, he's reasonably athletic for a big guy, uh, but he's just – you can't defend him. If he gets the ball in the post, it's two points, maybe three if you're, if you follow him. So um, it's uh, it's a, a unique team Purdue is with freshman guards uh, and a seven foot four monster. Alabama's got a guy who's playing in the NBA next year, Brandon Miller um, and, and some pretty athletic players and good players surrounding him. And they're going to be a really good team. Houston uh, was uh, a team that a lot of people thought could win the national championship. And they're still, up at the top of the bracket, Kelvin Sampson's team, a great defensive team as always, but some some really good weapons offensively too. Uh, but I think really the thing that a lot of people are focusing on right now is North Carolina and Kentucky. It's mm-hmm. possible we could have an NCAA tournament without either of them. And North Carolina was in the championship game just last season and returned a lot of that team. But the thing about North Carolina is that was an eight seed that got hot just to be an eight seed and then stayed hot and got all the way to the championship game. So maybe preseason number one was an overreaction when you consider that this was a team that 
you know, for four months was just muddling along. But um, you still would have thought they would be better than an eight seed. And right now, we're not sure they're going to make the NCAA tournament. And Kentucky returns the National Player of the Year, and they're in just as bad a shape as North Carolina. You know, it's interesting because last night they were shooting like the basket was moving. Uh, I think they were like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was bad. Uh, me and Tim Murray actually bet UNC uh, minus four and a half. I, actually, the game moved towards UNC. It was it was minus four and a half, then it closed at minus six. And, yeah, they could have been minus ten. They were never in that one. I know what the final score was, but it was not indicative of how the game actually went. I got a question for you, and we have uh, Jerry Palm, CBS Sports senior college basketball writer here on Follow the Money as me and Stormy fill in for Paulie and Mitch. I've watched a lot of college basketball. I don't see a lot of teams that I think have high basketball IQ, like smart basketball teams that understand game management, clock management, you know, when to foul, when not to foul. Give me three teams who you've been impressed with, not necessarily just overall talent or their highs or super high, but in this group of top, 30, 40 teams from a, a future standpoint. Who are the three you think that play with the highest basketball IQ? Ooh. Gosh, that's a good question. Because you're right. Um, and, I, I, and I think part of that is so many of these teams are young and, you know, just haven't, they're still learning how to play uh, with a high basketball IQ. And then a lot of these better teams have got young guys that are going to the NBA, you know, and just they don't have time to put all of that together collectively. But one team that has and would not be where they are if not for a high basketball IQ is Purdue. Um, the freshman guards, like I talked about earlier, but freshman guards with some moxie and some savvy and that have done a good job learning along the way, uh, they, they could not be what they are if they did not play smart basketball. Um, I don't, gosh, but, you know, going beyond that, I, it's hard to say. Um, Northwestern does, uh, and that's another team that is better than the sum of its parts, probably. I don't know if that's entirely true about Purdue, but it certainly is for Northwestern. Um, and that's, a, of course, Northwestern is a, a noted academic institution, and, and you've got to be pretty smart to get in there even to play basketball. So um, it's no surprise that that team uh, would be on the list. Uh, gosh. Um, I think Baylor's usually a pretty smart team as well. And Marquette, I've been impressed with Marquette this year, uh, the job that Shaka Smart has done uh, with that team. It is just interesting, though, as you referenced, UNC and Kentucky, a couple of blue bloods that we're just we're not talking about because they haven't had success. You can throw Duke in there, even Gonzaga. I know they're nationally ranked in the top 15, but it's not the same dominant night in, night out Gonzaga team that we're used to. When you look ahead to the tournament and obviously you do the bracketology on a regular basis, like does this feel a little bit more wide open than we're accustomed to seeing when things get said and done in March? Yes. Yeah, no question. Because usually you can pick out, you know, two or three teams, um, maybe even not one seeds necessarily, but two or three teams that you feel pretty strongly about going into the tournament, that the national champion or, or they'll probably be in the final four and the national champion may come from that group. Uh, there's always more teams than that capable of winning a national championship, but there's a few that you feel more comfortable with. I'm not sure I feel comfortable entirely with anybody this year mm. at that level where I'm thinking, yeah, that's, that's the team to beat or these two or these three are the teams to beat going into the NCAA tournament. Now we've still got a month to go before selection Sunday. So maybe that will emerge. 
and clearly the teams that have been better this year have been pretty good. But every time it's like every time you think Purdue's you know dominating, all of a sudden they have you know teams in a row with sixteen or more turnovers and lose two of them, and, and so it's like something's been exposed there. You know, we thought Tennessee was re- going to be really good, and they took a couple bad losses. Arizona is a team with five really good wins and four bad losses. All of their losses are the teams that are not in my bracket. It's like how you know. Yeah, their guard, their, their guard play is is so sketchy yeah. from game to game. Like, man, they turn the yeah. ball over, and I'm just like, I know the coach going. He might kill himself tonight in his sleep. Like, <laughs> this is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that you know they got they got up for all the big games and won them all. But but you've got to bring it every night, and it's it's so. What am I going to get from? Am I going to get six good games in a row from Arizona? It's, it's a team that. You know, like once they get to the Sweet 16, might be a favorite, but might not get to the Sweet 16 because they could lose in the round of 32. That's, I just, I don't have that level of comfort, you know, with a lot of these teams. Like UCLA, UCLA looks great, but their best win is Maryland. Maryland is a middle of the bracket team right now. They, they haven't had a chance to, they played better teams, didn't beat any of them. They'll get Arizona again at the end of the regular season, but, you know, that, I, I, I want to see UCLA beat somebody better before I get all in on them. So every team that we've got, I've got more questions than answers. For. Yeah, because when I watch UCLA, like they've got experience, they got a lot of known commodities, like and on a landscape where people may not know players, like you know some of the UCLA guys. I just don't think they're athletic enough to defend, like you know. And then their guard play. I mean, he's a veteran, but you know he can't shoot. He doesn't finish well at the rim. You know, he's got a lot of experience, so people like him. I'm drawing a blank on his name. The kid with the big hair, Jerry. <laughs> oh. Uh, Campbell, Tiger, Tiger Campbell. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, for a UCLA guard, he's not a great outside shooter. He's not great finishing at like against length. Uh, you're I just gotta, jealous of the hair. Right, you're right. <laughs> I, I do miss having hair, but I, I got a team on it. Jealous of the hair. Right, I got a team I want to ask you about because uh, coming into the season. Uh, I thought Arkansas had a shot. Thought Musselman did a great job in recruiting. They've battled some injuries. But now they seem to be playing better. And I know they're coming off of a terrible home loss to Mississippi State, which, again, it just kind of speaks to how the season has been. But now that Arkansas is getting healthy, talk, talk me through what do you think their chances are. Well, Arkansas was definitely – they were preseason top ten or maybe even better than that. Uh, but then Nick Smith got hurt. And Nick Smith you know, could be the first pick in the NBA draft. And he just came back for that Mississippi State game. And I, I haven't seen the box score. I didn't get to watch it. So I don't know how much he played or how effective he was because he's been gone for, you know, a couple of months. Uh, so I, you can't expect him to come right back and start lighting the world on fire. But if he's healthy and gets his you know legs back under him, that's a team that could be underseated when we get to the NCAA tournament uh, because they're, they're very dangerous. That's, that's a really talented team, but he's, that's a guy you just don't replace. You know, you, you haven't got a guy. That guy goes out. There's not somebody on your bench that can that can give you what he can. So, uh, yeah, I think Arkansas is a, definitely a team to watch over these last four weeks and see if they can get that mojo back that made everybody think they were a potential national champion. Jerry, appreciate the time. Thank you so much for doing a, doing this with us this morning. Sure, anytime. Thanks.
Jerry Palm doing great stuff over at CBS Sports. Uh, check out the bracketology now at CBSSports.com. Arkansas, by the way, 55 to one shot in the national championship odds. But I like what he said, though, with it being wide open. Like, that does give a lot of opportunity for some of these longer shots. I'm just going to pick a horse and roll with it. When I first got in the horse bet and they said you can't bet them all, I'm looking at the NCAA tournament the exact same. Okay. Got to pick, po- pick me a pony and ride. A little later in the show, I do have a college basketball pick for tonight. Night's games, but when we come back, turn our attention back to the NFL. This is Follow the Money on VSIN. VSIN's NBA betting podcast, Hardwood Handicappers, is back and better than ever. VSIN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel goes through all the top storylines and betting angles across the association to help you become a more informed NBA better. Download and subscribe to Hardwood Handicappers. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts, as well as vsin.com slash podcast. We are live from Circa Resort and Casino. Lucky to be joined now live from JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, at me, JVT, on Twitter. What's going on man thanks for joining us bright and early uh nothing much i've only been up for like an hour and a half so you know not that much time to have a lot of things happen to me in my life check back in with me in a couple of hours and we'll see what's going on okay we we know you're always up bright and early getting those market reports in daily article out there at vcin.com i haven't chatted with you though since the trade deadline and so aside from obviously kevin durant to the suns what was one of those moves at the deadline that at least in your opinion as you look at the odds board was significant enough of an impact to you uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's hard not to go if, if you're only eliminating Kevin Durant to Kyrie Irving and, and Luka Doncic, right? And we haven't really seen a whole bunch of them quite yet uh, through two games with them on the floor together. An offensive rating stormy of 131.2. It's pretty good. A net rating of plus 10.5. It's pretty darn good. Um, I think you want a little bit more out of their defense. And I, and I think that's kind of the takeaway, right? With those two on the floor, they're still giving up 120.7 points, you know, if you uh, expand that over the course of 100 possessions. So I, I think so far through a couple of games, they have been what we expected them to be, a really high ceiling on offense, a somewhat low floor on defense. And some of the potential to be really incredible. But like last night, for example, I know Sean was laughing about, you know, the final possession there for the, uh, the, the Dallas Mavericks. Minnesota, you know, you give them credit. It was really good defensive possession. Uh, you have two really good defenders on the floor led by Anthony Edwards, and they were able to shut them down and eventually get that win as a, uh, I think they closed such six and a half win underdog ended up yesterday. Um, but I, I think that's obviously the most impactful one. We can talk about some of the others that made moves on like, we'll call them like the fringes. Like I like what the Clippers did. Uh, you like what the Bucks did, but those are not moves that are going to shift the odds in one way or the other. Not like a Kyrie Irving or a Kevin Durant would. You know, it's interesting because that's your love child, the, the Los Angeles Clippers. And I, I don't know why you, you chose to adopt that specific, you know, <laughs> team. But uh, more power to you, JVT. I, you did mention the team that I thought low key made the what I think not most high profile, but what's going to be the most impactful in the playoffs, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks adding Jay Crowder. You think back yeah. to that series last year with Boston. What did they not have because Middleton was out? No perimeter shooting, and they needed another perimeter defender to handle Jalen and Jason. So what does that do for them? Not Some people are going to talk about, but come playoff time, having Jay Crowder and an, a healthy Chris Middleton I think is huge for the Bucks. Yeah, I, I think it unlocks a lot of stuff for Milwaukee. And, Sean, I think one of the things, too, is, look, Crowder's kind of a streaky shooter, and it's not like night to night. It's like year to year. 
for a career, I think he's just about like 34.6, 35% from three. Uh, but if you look at, you know, there's been some really good years from a shooting perspective. He is a Bucks killer. Remember that Orlando bubble when he was with the, uh, the Miami Heat and they ended up taking them down. Crowder had a really big role in that. But I think what it does for Milwaukee, like to your point, big picture wise, right? It allows you to do so much with some of these small ball lineups that we have seen them use. With Giannis at the five, now you can plug Jay Crowder into power forward. You can have him, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday on the floor with Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, plug in shooting guard, you know, Grayson Allen, whoever you want there. And you've got a really formidable small ball lineup for the Milwaukee Bucks. So I think Crowder does a really big thing for them in that it just makes them more versatile as a team. So, like, we kind of like this theme, right? Is it going to shift the odds? No. In fact, the Suns moved ahead of the Bucks, right, in the big picture for the NBA Finals, which I think is incorrect. I think the Bucks still rate better uh, as a uh, team if we're talking about probability of winning the NBA Finals than the Phoenix Suns at this point right now. But I think to your point, Sean, like, that is a move that you're looking at for, you know, Eastern Conference Finals, NBA Finals, and what that does for a team and adding to its versatility, as opposed to, hey, now they're, you know, instead of 750, they're 650 to win the NBA Finals. I actually think there is a little bit of value in betting Milwaukee. They've won 10 straight going into this game against Boston today. Like, man, they're going to be really good once you get into the postseason. I really like what the Bucs did. Bucks six to one to win the NBA title, a, a team that was six to one and now is 120 to one. The Brooklyn Nets on the other end, you know, as they lose Kyrie and Kevin Durant. And, and I wanted to get your opinion on this, JVT, because it's a team that when you go in and you're building this super team, you think it's going to bring you multiple NBA titles. They didn't even win multiple playoff series. How major of a disappointment and just like lost years have these been for the Nets? Oh, I think it's pretty big. I think Stormy, they did not like they at least got some stuff back, right? Like it was it was not catastrophic, but it was pretty bad in terms of being a disappointment for that, especially when we saw what they could have been, right? Like in the games that they played together, only what, 16 games on the floor together. The numbers were really good. Like they they had some really good moments. Um, and as you mentioned, the lone playoff series that you win and then maybe like a toe away from beating the Milwaukee Bucks and going on to potentially beating the Phoenix Suns in an NBA Finals if they get past the Atlanta Hawks, which in that year I'm sure they would have. Um, no, it's a massive disappointment. I think it's pretty safe to say with those things. But now look, I mean, Brooklyn's not a terrible group by any stretch when you look at what they have now in terms of talent. They have a bunch of 3 and D wing players who are going to be super attractive on any trade market going forward. Uh, they have some really solid young talent to build there. And of course, Mikhail Bridges, I don't know if you want to build around him, but he is one of the cornerstone pieces that you now have moving forward who's going to be freaking awesome and who's going to be pretty attractive too. I think there was already one report, uh, I think was it Memphis that called them about offering three or four first-round picks for Mikhail Bridges. So it, they came out of this not on top, but they came out of it as good as they could with some really young talent considering how bad it got. How good is Cam Thomas? Like, is he 40 points a game good like we've seen recently, or is he closer to the 10.6 he's averaged on the season? I know a lot of that due to just lack of playing time. I think he's a really good player. I, I don't think like you're, you're – he's not like – I don't think, Sean, he is a guy that teams are rushing to go and get like a Mikhail Bridges type, right? I think that you're going to grab him and maybe try to buy low and try to build on him a little bit. He's got a really high ceiling offensively, so I think there's obviously something there. You want to score in today's league. Uh, there's a little bit more flaws to his game. He's not like a two-way guy. But, you know, this was a team – this is a guy, too. If you guys, I don't know if you remember, in the summer league, uh, when we were out there for VSIN. Uh, after one of the games, Thomas was asked about his facilitating. He rolled his eyes. He was like, oh, you know, Steve's, Steve Nash at the time had asked him to work on it. Well, I think it was the wrong thing, right? Because the guy's just throwing up 40-point games of regularity. 
Now, I think he's a really good scorer, Sean, and those guys are always going to have those explosions. But I I think the last couple of games is more of a symptom of high volume because we really don't have anyone else to create as opposed to what he is going to be moving forward. He's going to be a really good scorer, I think, once he reaches his true potential. But I don't know if he's like franchise cornerstone type good. Here with Jonathan Von Tobel, VEASAN Senior NBA Analyst, host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. we got five games in the association coming up tonight, including those Clippers that you were talking about there, Sean. <laughs> JVT's love child for me. <laughs> a nine-point <laughs> favorite against Golden State. Total sitting 228.5 down from 230.5 this morning. Um, Warriors on the second half of a back-to-back after beating the Wizards at home. Now they're on the road where they have really struggled this year, even mm. if they are staying in the state. What do you make of this game? Yeah, and I, I think this is probably a little high. Like, this might be, you know, I was right, uh, this is going to be up here in a couple of minutes right after I get off with you guys. Uh, but I was writing for the column today. I, I feel like part of this is, one, it's the rest situation. We haven't seen the Clippers play since Friday. So they've had a, quite a bit of time off. So it's a big rest advantage for them coming into this Warriors game. Uh, they are going to get their full complement of trade assets that they acquired here today. So Bones Highland will be out there. Mason Plumlee will be out there. Eric Gordon will be out there as part of the rotation. You know, how how long they play is a question. So maybe the market's maybe overvaluing the rest and the improvements that the Clippers have made here. But we have to keep in mind, the Clippers have been pretty inconsistent lately. Like, if you go back to the start of January, 119.2 defensive rating. It's not been very good for them. Uh, Their offense in the last seven games has been held to a 107.2 offensive rating or worse. So this is not one where I think pre-flop you're running in to go get something. Warriors look pretty solid after a shaky first quarter last night. And I think offensively, like in games like this, guys, where you have a big number, I'm always looking in-game, right? After a slow start for you know the team that is favored, try to get a cheaper number and go in in that regard. And I think that's what the strategy is here for the Clippers tonight because that number seems slightly high. It might be because of the acquisitions, but I want to see them all together first before I'm rushing to lay a number like that. And JBT, tell me if I'm wrong. we got about a minute and a half left. At this point last year in the season, I feel like Golden State was in this same position. And then all of a sudden they got hot as right before we got in the playoffs. And they, of course, got hot in the playoffs mm-hmm. and won it all. Klay Thompson actually finally looks like he's back to being the old Klay Thompson. They're going to get Steph Curry back at some point. Is this an opportunity to, to get some future in on Golden State to maybe potentially repeat as NBA champion? So, Sean, I think so. And part of our trade deadline special that we had the other day, like one of the bets that I came out of it with was Warriors to win the NBA Finals or to win the Western Conference. And I know you would think, you're like, well, why would that mean? Like they didn't really make a massive move. Well, it's because so much of the market moved around them that I think we're forgetting how good this Warriors team can be. To your point about Clay, he's starting to get healthy tonight. He's going to play in the second leg of a back-to-back for the first time this season. So he's starting to get a little bit more comfortable with himself. This team, I think, matches up well with Golden State. Like, they have somebody. Well, Draymond Green's not going to shut down a Kevin Durant, but he can physically match up with him. You have a bunch of different matchups around the floor that I think they can throw at the Phoenix Suns, and they're a little bit deeper. So I would say, yes, like, when you're talking about to win the conference or anything like that, I, I think the market is sleeping on how good this Warriors team can be when they are fully healthy. They have to fix a road demon, so we'll see if that's yes. going to kind of even out a little bit. But I think to your point, Sean, I think we're forgetting how good this team can be when they're full throttle. Great stuff, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Great stuff, good to talk to you guys. Thanks. Speaking of those road demons, 7-21 and 21 straight up away <laughs> from their home building. They like their own bed, Stormy. They apparently <laughs> not ideal. We're going to take a quick timeout. Be back with more Follow the Money live from Circa in a moment.
There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Mitch and Polly out today, but Stormy Bonantoni and Sean King holding it down for you here in Las Vegas. As the football season comes to an end, remember everybody, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbooks, the place to be for hoops and hockey. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. Join them every week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parley Bet and Get, Weekly Pro Basketball Bet and Get, and more. BetRivers.com, or you can download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. We are going to keep talking some hockey right here. Welcome in Dan Rosen, NHL.com, senior writer at D Rosen NHL. And I don't know if you know this, Dan, but you probably do because I said it in the break. But you are in the presence of greatness with Puckstradamus <laughs> to my left. You don't, know, you don't yeah. always hear about a football guy being called Puckstradamus, but here we are. But I love it, though, because, you know, he's, he's found the right calling now because, you know, you got to go with the pucks instead of the, the pigskin. The pucks over the pigskin right now. You know, and, and it's weird because I don't like to toot my own horn, but I do think but he did say I, toot, I, toot. I do think I'm <laughs> one of the preeminent <laughs> hockey handicappers in the country. Even when I'm wrong, I feel like, you know, I was right. For instance, I gave out Calgary in regulation last night. They're up 3-1. With about four minutes left in the game, and they completely fall apart. I gave up St. Louis Blues. I think it was Saturday. They were up five to two. Completely fell apart. Like so, even my losses. Like you, I generally feel like <laughs> well, I was on the right side. 
I'm sure you've heard this before, but it's a 60-minute game, you know? So, <laughs> I, you get him, Dan. I will, I will say this, Dan, and tell me this is a big-picture opinion on, on hockey. and You tell me uh, if you agree with this. Night in and night out, because I'm an avid hockey follower, I feel like the level of sloppiness has, is at an all-time high. And there really seems to be a, a lack of elite effort from some squads. Have you noticed that? And is it different than in past years? Well, I haven't noticed the effort. Um, I think sometimes it might look that way, but it really can also come down to the other team might just be pushing a little harder. It, I don't necessarily – like Vancouver last night, for example, they got more. They definitely have more. So maybe that's an example of that. But they're going through a lot of changes and kind of know where their direction is this season. Um, But I do notice the sloppiness. And I notice that more than what you're talking about with the effort. And I think in in talking to coaches about this and managers about this, the the sloppiness in the game is a result of lack of practice time. And especially at this year, at this time of the year, it's hard to get good, solid practices in because the games are coming fast. Travel is what it is. And these guys need a break. I mean, hockey is a long season, you know, and, you know, sometimes, you know, you're playing a back to back or a three and four. You're not going to practice on that off day. Not a lot of morning skates are going on right now. There's a lot of that, you know, rest, recovery, uh, all the analytics that go into that, too. And as a result, I think you are seeing a little bit of sloppiness in the game. Uh, but sometimes sloppy hockey can be really fun, too. Sloppy <laughs> hockey can be fun hockey. No, it's not. Not when you've got the team that's turning it over <laughs> and just making a whole lot of unforced errors. It's really frustrating. But as we look Big picture from a future standpoint, if the playoffs started right now, the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Average Avalanche are not in the playoffs, but they are starting to get healthier. Is now a time to buy the Avs? I know you're still not. Like, when you look at the odds, you wouldn't realize that they're out of the playoffs if it started now. But do you think the Avs are going to get completely healthy and be the same dangerous team that they finished last year as? So what you said is interesting to me, you know, if the playoffs started right now. The difference is the Colorado Avalanche have played three fewer games than the two teams currently ahead of them in the standings, in the wildcard standings, Edmonton and Calgary. So if the playoffs started right now, it wouldn't be even. It wouldn't be equal, you know. If you look at the points percentage right now, the Avalanche are in a pretty, you know, can they be better? Yeah, they can be better. But points percentage-wise right now, they would be third in their division and in the playoffs right now. Um, so there is something to be said there. I do think, yes, they have, they have 31 games to play. They're going to get healthier as this goes on. Knock on wood for them that nobody else goes down. They will slowly get healthy. And there's the other factor here, Gabriel Landeskog, their captain, such an important player for them, right? If Gabriel Landeskog is able to come back and play, that's a huge addition for them. If he is not able to come back and play, if they can determine that he's not going to be able to play the last, you know, the last two months of the season, then they're going to go out and add at the trade deadline and use that money that's available because long-term injured reserve, that opens up the cap space there. So they're going to add there. So either they're going to get a great player and Gabriel Lamasog back, or they're going to be able to add another player at the deadline that can really make an impact for them. I think the Colorado Avalanche 
remain one of the most dangerous teams in the National Hockey League. And they're a team like Tampa has been in the past and is really now. Just get in. Because if they just get in, you name me a team that wants to face Colorado Avalanche in the first round. Absolutely not. Everybody would be trying to get away from that matchup because they know how effective they can be when healthy and in the playoffs. You're absolutely right. And Storm is going to ask you some Eastern Conference questions here because she's, she's got all of her dreams and aspirations attached to the Boston Bruins who've been phenomenal up to this point. But before we leave the West, if not Colorado then who? I know Dallas is sitting at the top, but I right, can you really trust the stars? Like, if well, not then, Colorado, and, and, then and then who? I'm super concerned about Vegas too. Without Mark yeah, Stone, their leaders in Thompson's the Pacific. Out. But what happens? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Vegas, I wouldn't. Vegas is very concerning to me. They're, they're, they they've won a couple in a row now after really slumping before the All Star break. But they, not having Mark Stone for an extended period of time is going to hurt them. Logan Thompson out hurts them big time. Uh, that's not a team that like that I would lay a lot of money on here for for any but anyway. Um, the two teams in the West, Dallas. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop. I'm not gonna say anything bad about them. I like the way they play. Uh, they have the goaltending. They have the depth, the experience. They've got youth in their legs too. Um, they got strong coaching. Pete DeBoer has done it. Everywhere, almost everywhere he goes, like there's an impact right away where Pete DeBoer goes in the NHL, and he's having that in Dallas too. And I like that team a lot. But the other team you got to look at is the Edmonton Oilers, and and they've been playing much better hockey of late. They, it is still yes, the Connor McDavid Leon Drysaddle show, but they're getting support. Evander Kane means a lot to that team. Ryan Nugent Hopkins means a lot. Zach Hyman, too. And if they can get the saves, if Jack Campbell's a guy who can make saves, Stuart Skinner or one of those two guys, they're going to be a very dangerous team. They're starting to play like the team that went to the Western Conference Final and really, you know, in the Western Conference Final got outclassed by the Colorado Avalanche. That's how you win. That you, you lose. That's how you learn, right? you got to go through it. And I think the Edmonton Oilers can be a real dangerous team. They have the best players. There's no question about it. And the, and the two guys in Drysaddle and McDavid, but they're starting to see you're seeing some depth from them too now. On the eastern side of things, it's been all Bruins all year largely, which is interesting yeah. because going into the season, I thought Boston was going to be a team because of their health that hey, let's fade Boston early and then see where it goes. That was not the case. They didn't drop back to back games until the end of January. It's absurd. They could set a points record in the NHL this year if they continue at the pace that they're playing. Although I don't know if winning the President's Trophy is the best thing <laughs> if you want them tonight. to also win a, a Stanley <laughs> Cup. But is the level of play? that they have had throughout the majority of the season sustainable. They've dropped four of their last five games, looking to get back on track today at Dallas, oddly enough, um, who we were just talking about. But is what we have seen the majority of the season who they are and can that carry them through the postseason? Yeah, it is who they are. I mean, when you play 52 games, that's who you are. And this is a really good team. It's a veteran team. Uh, It's a team that, Jim Montgomery's done a terrific job coaching it, partly because he understands that sometimes the players can coach, the players coach themselves. You know, in Boston, Patrice Bergeron's one of the best leaders in the game. Um, there has been a, a real symbiotic relationship there between Montgomery and these players, and, and and it is who they are. They are an elite team. There's no question about it. They've gone through a little bit of a struggle here of late, but that was bound to happen. They weren't going to play 82 games at the level they were at. So I think that they can continue at this level, but that doesn't guarantee them in the playoffs because there's another team. The Carolina Hurricanes are really good. Yes, they are. And they're a team that, that 
they kind of still, shockingly, nationally, I think, fly a little bit under the radar because they don't have a superstar, if you will. They don't have that, you know, unbelievable goaltender. They, they don't have the Norris Trophy winning defenseman, even though Jacob Slavin could be and Brett Burns has been. Um, they, they have, but they have, they play the same way all the time. They suffocate you. They forecheck the hell out of you. They limit your shots against. And they're a team that has experienced some playoff disappointment of late. And I think that they are also a team that understands now what it takes in the playoffs and they, they have the ability to go deep. So what Boston's done this season is remarkable. And I'm sure for the next 30 games will continue to be remarkable. But all that does is get them in. Yeah. That's the only thing it does is it gets them in. And Carolina's sitting there, and they're ready to go. The Rangers are playing really well. The Devils are an upstart team that play a lot of fast hockey. Uh, and, and Boston wins the first round. They got Toronto or Tampa Bay in the second round. So good luck there. You know, So it just gets them in. It's, it's, uh, it's, that's the one thing with the NHL playoffs is that if you're the best team in the regular season, it just guarantees you one thing, that you got a shot in the playoffs. <laughs> yep. Uh, I love the Bruins for a futures parlay I have, but I'm a huge Canes fan. Love Rod Brindabore and everything that he's done. We've got about 10 seconds, so if you had to pick one team to win it all right now, who is it? I think I would go Carolina. I would. Awesome. I, I agree with you on Brindamore. I, I think that this team has gone through some disappointments, and they understand, like I said before, they understand a little bit more about playoff hockey now, what it takes. So I would go Carolina. Dan, you're awesome. That is Dan Rosen. Thanks so much for your time. He has the Canes plus 650 is their odds currently if they can win it all. You never know that I'm the NA, the former NHL reporter based on how many questions you asked in that I conversation. I was proud of you, though. I was proud. I held it in. Yeah, good for job, you. Stormy. <laughs> this is Follow the Money on VSEN. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college hoops, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made from all show hosts and guests. Tools like betting splits, deep dive, betting reports, betting guides for the biggest games of the year. You got bracket breakdowns and daily props. Don't miss out. This is a limited time offer. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Again, just $9.99. That's VSIN.com. Slash subscribe, Stormy Tony and Sean King on the desk live at Circa Resort and Casino. Not often this early in the morning you get breaking news, but officially official Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen has earned the head coaching job with the Indianapolis Colts. Perfect timing for our guest who joins us now, Gary Grambling, Sports Illustrated and the MMQB senior editor at G Grambling on Twitter. Thanks for joining us. And uh, what do you make of the news finally coming through that Steichen's the guy? Well, first of all, nice for the Colts. Uh, you know, no offense to Jeff Saturday, but uh, boy, what a what a circus last year. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like the Colts are kind of <laughs> they're kind of interested in being a uh, a professional, functional uh, football organization again. And and this is obviously good news here. It's always and and as we know, it's always tough to project. Uh, is this coordinator going to be a good head coach? Uh, as you guys know, there are, there are a thousand things that go into. Uh, uh, making a great head coach that don't necessarily carry over there. But, uh, you know, they're going to, uh, I, I mean, I'd be stunned if they didn't draft their next quarterback uh, this spring. And, you know, you look at what Shane Sykin did, 
people weren't as crazy about the Justin Herbert when he's coming out of college. Uh, Steichen worked with him as a rookie, got a lot of good play out of him. And then obviously you saw the jump from Jalen Hurts uh, between 2021 and 2022. Uh, yeah, plenty to feel good about there if you're a Colts fan. You know, it's interesting because I think sometimes with these first-time guys, you never really know. And, you know, he's inheriting a situation that's not the worst situation, Gary, but, I, I mean, they do have some major deficiencies that they have to fill. But my question for you is, is this an upgrade over Frank Wright? Boy, uh, I, would, <laughs> I would say, if we're playing the odds here, I would say probably not in the short term. Uh, we'll see what goes on here. It's been such a bizarre year here for the Colts, and, and I know the – uh, the owner maybe wasn't acting as rationally as you'd like your owner to to act. Uh, and you could go back to, look, uh, they're not going to lose sleep over, over walking away from Carson Wentz, but I'm not sure if that was uh, exactly the right thing to do at that point, uh, walking away from Wentz, when you got competent play out of him back in uh, uh, 2021 at this point. Uh, you probably could have brought him back and, and had him for a full uh, offseason and probably just, you know, been – a decent team last year. I, I mean, I really thought there were a team that was easily going to win double digits and win that division a year ago. Uh, and instead we saw it happen. And it seemed like the more things unraveled just a tad, the more the owner kind of, uh, I don't know, felt the need to <laughs> do more and more bizarre things. Uh, you know, it started with getting rid of Marcus Brady, very well-respected uh, offense coordinator there for reasons that no one quite understands. And then they move on from a, uh, very good head coach, and, and now here we are. But, you know, Shane Sykin seems like something of a course correction here for that uh, for that franchise. Yeah, I don't know if it's – we won't know for a while if it was the right hire or the perfect hire, but I certainly think that we got Jim Mercer away from the <laughs> Jeff Saturday hire. Of yeah, and I think that's just good for the NFL in general. Now, on the Eagles side of things – not only is Shane Steichen now out of the building, but there's potential now that Jonathan Gannon, defensive coordinator, could be in line for the Arizona Cardinals coaching job. That's one job, the one job remaining that still needs to be filled. But as far as the Eagles' standpoint, potentially two coordinators gone. They have a slew of free agents that are going to be on the market here next month. And Jalen Hurts, who he's earned it, he's going to get his money now. How do you think that the Eagles are built moving forward? What are your expectations for them with, with all of the question marks around their roster? Uh, you still got lots of draft capital, and that's, a, that's obviously a really good thing there when you need to rebuild. Uh, you know, it, look, the, the guys you kind of look at, it, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, those guys are getting up there. I don't know if they're all back uh, at this point. Uh, it's... Uh, it's funny, you know, we were just talking about the Colts, and one of the things that I think really uh, kind of uh, kind of did in Frank Reich a little bit was just losing coordinator after coordinator after coordinator, and those guys all uh, went on to have success, uh, you know, moving on to to other spots. But you know, it's it's tough to replenish your staff. Uh, you have to kind of coach your coaches when you bring in someone new. That obviously takes away from doing other things. Want to do? That said, this Eagles organization, you rewind two years when they were kind of in that reset moving on from Carson Wentz at that point, uh, or I guess on the verge of moving on from Carson Wentz back in 2020, uh, they were obviously in a really bad spot. Uh, You probably feel pretty good. You also probably feel pretty good about the fact that the the NFC just doesn't have the, uh, especially the quarterback position, uh, it just doesn't have sort of the uh, behemoths you have in the AFC. I, I think it's going to be, 
a conference where the Eagles are in the running every year. But, uh, you know, as, I mean, look, as, as Sean knows, just because you make a deep playoff run doesn't mean you're necessarily just going to go and do the same thing the next year. The Arizona Cardinals, as Stormy mentioned on the last opening, give us some insight on why it's taking so long to find their guy. Were they waiting on the Super Bowl run of the Eagles to play out because they had, uh, actually isolated defensive coordinator there as their top candidate? Or is this a lot of people saying they're not interested because of the uncertainty with, with how Kyler Murray fits? Uh, I, I Look, I, I don't think Kyler is necessarily stopping anyone from taking that job. Uh, I, I obviously looked the quarterback at the headlines. It was a, it was a disappointing year. He's, out, he's also injured now, so you're probably looking at kind of a loss 2023 at this point. That might give some people some hesitance, but uh, they're probably not going to go one and done with you as a, as a head coach. I think that's the one thing that sort of appeals to people. I thought it would have been Jonathan Gannon. I, I mean, look, I think it's going to be Jonathan Gannon. Uh, I, I think we could find out as soon as today. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's uh, – everyone watches the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's some – yeah, you know, I know some people are saying like, "Oh, Gannon got out coached." Yeah, a lot of people get out coached by Andy Reid and, and get beat by Patrick Mahomes. That shouldn't that shouldn't affect your decision. If you like Jonathan Gannon before, there's no reason to not like him now. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, yes, a lot of talent on the Eagles defense and, and all that. But uh, I mean, you could go back to uh, go back to the NFC title game before Brock Purdy got hurt, before Josh Johnson got hurt. Uh, you know, they're generating free runs for Hassan Reddick. Gannon uh, did a nice job overall this year. And and like I said, if you like them before the Super Bowl, you like it now. I, I think it might just be a matter of uh, you know announcing it when they want to announce it. It's just sort of a weird spot there because. It's unclear what kind of investment the owner is going to make. Uh, is he going to make you keep some of those coaches because he doesn't want to pay a lot of people who don't work there anymore? Uh, I think that's a possibility. That might give some people some hesitance. But obviously not a ton of openings this year and not a ton of terribly appealing openings either. Well, and while the, the head coaching carousel starts to wind down, the quarterback carousel is just about to begin, it seems, going into this offseason. We don't know the future of Aaron Rodgers while he is in his darkness retreat situation <laughs> currently, um, where Derek Carr is going to end up, um, the situation with the contract of Lamar Jackson. What do you think is the most interesting of the quarterbacks potentially on the move in their situation? Oh, man. Uh, I, I do think Lamar Jackson stays in Baltimore one way or another, uh, whether it's franchise tag or otherwise. I, I just can't picture it right now. They, they built the, I, I know they moved on from the offensive coordinator, but they, they built the entire roster around him uh, at this point. Uh, Carr's really interesting to me. I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers is interesting for a thousand reasons, uh, but Derek Carr's really interesting to me. Derek Carr, to me, is one of those guys, uh, you know, if you're going to do sort of the quarterback tiers, He's probably, if you got his absolute ceiling, you're probably talking about like a, a Dak Prescott type guy, a, a Matt Ryan a couple years ago, so, something in that range. Uh, I think you can bring in Derek Carr and make a uh, make a playoff run, especially you know, as I said, if you're one of these NFC teams who is kind of a quarterback away, uh, you could plug him in there as an upgrade and and maybe have something going here. I, uh, it, it was a, it was a, it was a sad ending out there for a number of reasons, but, uh, he carried that franchise back in 2021 when everything was completely falling apart for whatever reason, it didn't work out with Josh McDaniels. I, I don't know if he necessarily got a fair shake, but 
I think he's a very good quarterback. And no one's going out there. You know, you're not going to get Patrick Holmes or, or Herbert or someone like that on the open market. Uh, Derek Carr is a pretty good uh, find, and I do think he has probably a good three or four years at least left. Gary, about 30 seconds left. Let's say uh, for this question that Aaron Rodgers remains in Green Bay. Who's the opening day starter at quarterback for the New York Jets? Oh, gosh. Oh, my. Uh, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. That's uh, that's kind of a bummer for uh, for them if that's how it plays out. But, yeah, Garoppolo obviously makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, yeah, I guess I'll go with that. I don't think it's going to be any of the guys who were, who were in that quarterback room last year. Gary, awesome stuff. Appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. You got it, guys. Always a pleasure. Gary Grambling, senior editor over there at Sports Illustrated and the MMQB. So interesting. Like this whole offseason. I I love the offseason for the these reasons. I thought last year was crazy. If Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, it's gonna be next level. Which that's the expectation from everybody I keep hearing. Okay, we have in-pocket plays when we come back to close out our three of all the money. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.